This is the Maxing You Podcast. Maxing You Podcast. Where dating extraordinaire, fitness expert, and former Miss Marilyn talks all things self-growth and relationship elevation. She's got you covered on mindfulness, fitness, nutrition, relationships, and self-care. You got a girl that could finally do it all. You're one place to listen to for all the things that matter. Now, here's your host, Coach T. Hi, guys. Welcome to this episode of Maxing You Our guest today is pretty phenomenal, if I may say so myself. Her name is Paulina Tenner. She is a TEDx speaker. She is an up-and-coming author and an angel investor and very successful entrepreneur. She has so many tips today for those of us who are going through hard times, those of us who are entrepreneurs ourselves. You're going to get so much insight from this. Check out what Paulina has to say. Well, welcome back to Maxing You. I am so excited. I have Paulina here, who happens to be an upcoming author, an entrepreneur, an investor, and a speaker. She's so lively. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. The nuggets you'll take away will be great. Hi, Paulina. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be on the show today. Awesome. We're excited to have you. And as everyone knows, Here we are all about sort of self-growth and relationship elevation, but we do know that the premise is always us personally elevating ourselves. And I think um, Paulina really speaks to that. And I just want to get right into things. You know, Paulina and I may have talked more than any other guest (laughs) before. So we're going to just get into things here. And so Paulina, tell me the name of your book. Let's start with that. So let's lay out, it's called Laid Bear, what the business leader learned from the stripper. And both the business leader and the stripper happened to be me. I used to live a double life of a entrepreneur and investor in my daytime and a burlesque artist in the, in the evening at night. So uh, yeah, I'm talking about what one part of me learned from the other and vice versa. Mm. And so I know we've got entrepreneurs who are listeners to this podcast or people who are embarking on something in their professional career. So give it to me. Tell me what exactly is one of the lessons that you really learned as a burlesque dancer that you've also taken into entrepreneurship and investing? I learned that it's important and it's okay and it's actually fabulous to stand out from the crowd. So as a uh, burlesque stripper, the more extravagant your persona, your costume, your entrance to the stage, the more magnetic you are, the more memorable you are, the greater the applause that you'll receive at the end and the more bookings you'll receive from cup promoters as well. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, you absolutely need to learn to stick out and to be comfortable with it. So you and I met in a fundraising uh, entrepreneurs and investors room on Clubhouse. And they're very, very important for an entrepreneur who asks a question, if he or she stands out, then there's a good chance the investors in the room will get interested. And, you know, we have our back chat and we are likely to say, oh, who is this entrepreneur? I want to learn more about them. Right. So it's super important, particularly if you are a disruptive entrepreneur, to be comfortable with standing out from the crowd. That's one lesson I learned. Right. Which is interesting because sometimes in Clubhouse, we get people who sometimes, at least in my opinion, seem to be seeking the approval of all of the investors. 
And sometimes you might not be getting the approval of everyone because you're a disruptive entrepreneur. And maybe Absolutely. I think you need to be comfortable with pissing people off because you're going to do this. If you want to disrupt an ind industry, there are people out there who have a vested interest in things running in the old established way. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to come in and disrupt it, then you need to be comfortable with the fact that not everybody will like you. And um, yeah, you know, we've got this uh, thing called Marmite in the UK. <laughs> and the tagline is love it or hate it. And I yeah. think as an entrepreneur and as a stripper, you need to be prepared for the fact that some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. And that's okay because you love what you are and what you represent. Was that something that you had to grow into prior to burlesque dancing and entrepreneurship? Or were you always comfortable standing out and being disruptive? Yeah, so to a degree I was. So um, as you know, I started my career uh, going into meetups and talking to geeks over pints of beer and munching on pizza uh, about product market fit. And back then I had no idea what that was, but I was there and I was standing out as heck because I was this Eastern European girl with an accent who um, had nothing to do in those meetups, to be really honest. But I was really attracted to the energy of people that thought they could change an entire industry. So I... Uh, <laughs> So I ended up in all sorts of places. I get gate crash parties I wasn't supposed to be in. I ended up with all sorts of people just um, because I wanted to network. I wanted to get myself into interesting situations. And I just followed my interests and my passions. So um, to a degree, I was comfortable standing out. But I think stripping on stage has really taught me a, another level of comfort with just being um, risque, provocative, um, and socially unacceptable to some. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine, you know, and you're familiar a little bit with the dating app that I'm having come out. And so mm. it's all about sort of holistic growth, having everyone elevate themselves to the max in areas of fitness and nutrition, mindfulness, self-care, all of these things. Then we open it up to dating at the end. The idea is that everyone gets really comfortable with themselves. Of course, there are areas where everyone can stand to improve and you can do that, but mostly what's happening is you're getting comfortable with who you are and then you go out there and you present differently. And so I think that's a little similar to what you're saying. And I love it. You know, the people who disrupt um, always seem to do the best in industry um, and, and otherwise. So that's, that's fantastic. Okay, so you've got to hit us with another one. That one was good. What else? did you learn as a burlesque dancer that you brought into entrepreneurship? I learned about the power of being open and vulnerable and visible. So as a stripper, you're going to show your naked ass to a whole, whole massive audience. And I think as an entrepreneur, you need to be comfortable showing your also your weakness and your vulnerability to your team. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even to your clients, you need to be well aware of what your strengths are, what you're not so good at, and you need to model it to your team that it's okay to have weaknesses. It's fine to not be perfect at everything that you do. Um, so that's something I definitely learned. I definitely learned that I'm already worthy. So 
as a burlesque artist, um, if you get a good audience, of course, you are, it really teaches you a lot about self-worthiness and about, you know, you get this massive boost of endorphins where people clap and cheer and mm. laugh at your gags and, and it's, teaches you that you're good as you are of course you've got a beautiful costume and beautiful makeup and all of that but you're fantastic already they they love having you on stage and just looking at you and you almost don't have to do anything you're already worthy and the same in my leadership I learned that you know I don't have to continuously prove something to myself or to other people I am good and I'm worthy as I am so it Burlesque really teaches you uh, fabulous things about self-worthiness. It really does. So all the women listening, go get yourself a course. You will love it. Oh, I love it. I, I love that you that you found that. And and from a business perspective, how did you apply the sense of worthiness um, in business? Did you? I would say that my leadership changed as a result of it. So I was more kind of quietly confident. So I used to be quite boisterous and I had my masculine side of my character was quite strong. So I was very ambitious, very kind of in your face, even sometimes um, very confident. And um, this, when I got this kind of deeper, deeper sense of self-worthiness and put me in touch with my feminine side, with the side that kind of surrenders, listens, embraces what is as opposed to continuously trying to kind of change things and disrupt things so it's kind of this being versus doing I think I got better at being while I, I already was good at doing but I got better at being and you know that contributed to my leadership being kind of more wholesome and more healthy I would say. Mm, I, I like that I mean I know that I've encountered a bit of that as an entrepreneur um, especially when pitching or speaking to investors. There are some investors who the concept is not for them. They don't get it. The oh, idea of doing, sure. yeah, they don't get it. It's not their thing. It's like, well, why would someone be working on themselves before they go on a date? Well, you know, there are people who get it and there are other entrepreneurs who it lights them up and you can just see it light them up as I'm presenting. And I haven't changed anything. I just came as I am with my product as it is, which doesn't mean I don't take feedback, but it means that there's nothing wrong with the product. You know, it will be for I love the product. I totally get it. I think it's just an absolute fundamental step. If you're not comfortable in your own skin, if you don't love yourself for who you are, if you're not working on excelling, then you're going to feel awkward on those dates. You're going to yeah. feel, and it's going to come across that you don't really fundamentally love and value yourself. So I totally get it, Taylor. I think it's genius. Yeah. And even what you said just now, which was really interesting, I love how you put this in words, which was that your feminine energy began to come out. And yes. for women, I know that a lot of ambitious, professional, entrepreneurial women struggle with that, where there's the balance between the masculine and the feminine energy. And then they try to go on a date. And then all of this masculinity gets projected and it just falls flat. Yes. Um, yeah. So interesting. That you were able to recognize. yeah yeah it's really important to have both whether you're a man or a woman to be able to rely on both depending on what the situation calls for so sometimes you need to be like really um confident really unapologetic really kind of driven to make a change make a decision make a move you know right. uh, move the needle 
And that's the masculine part of you coming to the fore. And sometimes it's super important to be able to actually surrender to what is, listen deeply, to uh, take a step back and kind of be in the situation without trying this, not necessarily trying to do something about it, but be with it to begin with for it to transform you, you know, right. from the inside out. Mm, I love that. That's, that's so on point. Well, as an entrepreneur and investor, and even mm. as a burlesque dancer, I'm sure that there's a story or two that you have about resilience. Oh, yes. How does that play into things for you? I think that's um, a fundamental piece for me. So ever since I came to the UK in 2006 from Poland, where I was born and raised, I, I think it's the resilience that saw me through starting my first business uh, with a business partner that was about 30 years my, my senior, a business that didn't kind of at the time have very big prospects. And, you know, I learned a lot, but at some point I knew that it was a time to, to move on and start mm -hmm. something, something else, something different. Um, then I, you know, something I'm very passionate about is mental health. So I'm a big mental health advocate. I talk about mental health in the business context as someone who's been through eating disorders like anorexia and bulimia and also depression, anxiety, panic attacks. So super important for me to, for it to not be a taboo subject anymore, to be able to openly and honestly speak about it in mm. business. Uh, so I think my resilience saw me through my darker moments when I was growing my business, but also had mental health issues. Um, and it kind of taught me to reach out for help, to not try to do everything on my own, uh, but to be vulnerable in front of other people. And I think it got me to a place where, you know, my business partner, who is actually my husband, we started when we were dating, we started the company, then we got married. Uh, a few years into the company's existence. Um, we created quite a special company. So in my company, people set their own salaries and uh, there is full financial transparency. So everybody has access to the financial accounts. So it was, again, it required the role of resilience for us to press on with those values and the ideas that we had for the kind of workplace that we wanted to create uh, amidst, you know, a commercial pressure to build a business that's actually commercially successful. So again, it was quite resilient of us, I feel, to press on with, with our vision. So resilience is definitely a theme in my life. Definitely see that a lot. Yeah. And definitely people that I admire are very resilient beings. Mm, I, I'm totally agreeing with you here. And I do, I do sense the theme of resilience in, in your life, certainly. You said a few things that just were light bulb moments for me. And the first was the fact that you said you had this business that you were in with someone who was 30 years your senior, and then you came to the realization that it was time to do something different. Yes. Wow. I know that's a feeling that a lot of people who are listening to this have had or will have at some point, whether it be a professional or entrepreneurial endeavor. And it's such an interesting thing. I remember when I had a business, it was a brick and mortar business um, that I had. And I put my heart and soul into it for about seven years. And 
it took a lot of my time and energy. It was very successful, but it came at a point where it was sort of draining my energy. Mm -hmm. And there came a day where it was like, no more of this. And so I sold that company. Um, but it was a tough thing to mm. come to that realization. And it took some resilience to say, there's something else out there that I'm going to do. Cause I had yeah. my matchmaking company on the side and it'll be okay, but to let it go and to sort of press on, on something else. Um, and here I am. So that's, that's quite interesting. I loved, uh, I love that you experienced that. And so how would you address an entrepreneur who's saying, I'm doing something right now or professional. I'm in a business right now or working at a company right now. And I don't know if I should be here. Um, I don't think I should be here, but I'm concerned about how I'm going to survive or if I'm going to be able to make it in the next endeavor. What would you tell them? What would I say? Uh... Because that's a leap. I mean, I'm sure you had a leap when you left that company that you yes. were with. And now, to be honest with you, now I'm in a similar stage in my life with the company that uh, I created this more or less self-sufficient. So I'm looking for what's my next step, what's next for me as a person, as an entrepreneur, but also as a person. Like, do I want to start another business? Or do, you want, do I want to invest in more startups? What do I want to do? So those moments are very crucial where you get to redefine yourself, when you get to look deeper and peel off the layers and figure out, okay, what really rocks my boat? Who am I really? It's a question of identity. They're very fundamental things mm -hmm. uh, in life. And I think that's time to slow down, really be with yourself, really rediscover yourself, talk to people who are close to you, uh, who can kind of point out things that you are not even so aware, aware of yourself about what your, what your strengths are. Um, because it's, it's so easy to get confused if you're just in this kind of bubble on your own. So I think it's very important to talk to people, talk to your support network, uh, understand yourself better, and just, just look at your successes, at your past successes, and have faith. Have faith that you can do this, that you can do this again. It will be a different path, maybe less successful, maybe more successful. Mm -hmm. But uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is a career. It's not a one-shot game. It's a career. And uh, it means that you're going to be starting businesses as you grow and as you gain experience. So um, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, ab absolutely. I loved what you said about looking back at your past you know, successes, because that's yes. always an indicator. While we all may look back and see where we had bumps along the road, just the fact that we've survived them and overcome things that were daunting and difficult at the time means that we're survivors and survivors survive regardless of the conditions. I tend to yes. believe that. Yes, and it's also okay to take a break, you know? So I'm going through a kind of workload-wise a bit less intense, intense time in my life, but this allows me to look at myself, to work on myself, mm -hmm. to be with myself. Um, and I'm sure that time, time will come where I will again be buried, you know, head first in work. And this is just what, what it is. Everything in life comes in cycles, I think. Absolutely. And I appreciated that you shared a few of your personal struggles in terms of uh, eating disorders and, uh, you know, other mental health aspects, the anxiety and depression. And I know a lot of people listening can relate to that um, mm -hmm. in some aspect or another, and no one wants to talk about it. Very few people yeah. want to talk about it. 
But what I really applaud you on is the fact that someone can look at your bio, you can look up Paulina and see all of these amazing things that she's done. And you may look at that without having heard her story now and think, oh, she hasn't had any struggles. But it's important for us to, to make note that you can still be successful and have overcome things or be working on things right Absolutely. now. So I think, you know, because we live in kind of social media culture, particularly of Instagram, lots of like uh, images and in Clubhouse, everybody seems to be an expert or some, on something. And it's just easy to undervalue yourself and think all of these people are so much better and they're so, so much farther along their path. And I'm definitely one for speaking out about darker sides of success and what it costs to achieve things and how nobody has it all figured out. And there's always a kind of darkness lurking somewhere behind the scenes that people don't want to talk about. Um, at least most people, I think there are some amazing beings and entrepreneurs I know that like to talk about their struggles and I'm one of them. I'm definitely, you know, my, all of my mental health struggles are not all behind me, but that's what contributes to me becoming a better, more powerful person, I believe on the whole. So mm -hmm. looking at it from a bigger picture perspective, I know that there is a reason for me going through what I'm going through and nobody has it all figured out. We all have our struggles. I totally believe that. Mm. I, I do as well. I mean, I've had my, I've had my own struggles, a story that I, I don't know if I've shared it on this podcast or not, but there was, uh, I know that I shared it at International Women's Day on Clubhouse, but there was a point in my life that I was homeless and I went mm -hmm. from being homeless to working for one of the most prominent United States senators. And that is what prompted me to have my matchmaking career, my celebrity matchmaking career, which was amazing. And had all those events not lined up the way that they did, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have, cause you know, I didn't grow up thinking I wanna be a celebrity matchmaker and I wanna have a dating app one day. That wasn't the plan. Um, and so the way that life worked out in that scenario of being homeless to moving to DC and working for a senator and all of these things, um, it sort of put all of this amazing stuff in my path at this point in my life where I'm really pleased with the landscape. And um, you know that couldn't happen without any trials and tribulations. So mm -hmm. things that are seeming failures um, are just stepping stones to greater success, I believe. Um, mm, and, what an amazing story. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And, and, and I find, you know, as you going through mental health struggles and uh, people who survive, like I said before, they survive and you'll be able to do anything in different landscapes. You know, I've built companies from zero to seven figures a couple of times. And, and that's just from the tenacity of, of someone who had to build a, from nothing, you know, when I was homeless, creating something. So I hope that's a, I hope that's a testament for the people listening that you can do that. And so what are you doing in terms of managing the mental health? So now we've put it out there. Yes. So what do you do to manage it? Because I know a lot of people are thinking, ah, you know, I need to see someone to get some help and maybe I don't have the time, but what are some practical tips that they could take away that you're using? God, particularly if you're the one thinking that I have no time, you definitely need to take time out. If you're thinking, I can't, I don't have time for myself, there's no way I can take time for myself, you absolutely have to find time for yourself. And if you make time, there is time, you know, it's all a question of priorities. And for me, uh, my priority definitely is my self-care. 
I, I am in therapy. I have a fitness and nutrition coach. Um, I speak to business coaches. I have a therapist that my husband and I are seeing to deepen our relationship. Um, I have my peer group. I have my friends. I have a kind of spiritual network and religious network that I am also in touch with. So there is several layers to my support network and I just make sure that there's always someone I can reach out to in mm -hmm. kind of trial in times of trial. Um, so there's there's a lot of time I'm actually spending on myself, to be honest, and I'm really happy with that. And the commonality and everything you said was engaging other people. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people don't utilize that enough and there are a lot of excuses as to why it's not possible. But I've found, and I've been especially grateful for, for example, Clubhouse, which has provided a platform to connect with people who you otherwise would be not ever have likely met and mm. to do so in a way that's very authentic. I think you spoke to this before, some of the authenticity of the rooms where you really get to connect and then you take those relationships sort of off the Clubhouse app and form real meaningful connections. Absolutely. I think there's no excuse for not having a social life, particularly during a pandemic. There's so much intimacy and vulnerability we can have with people with the use of technology. Obviously, you can't replace face-to-face -face connections, particularly right. in the dating world, I suppose. But uh, there is so much, there's so much we can share with people um, online. And um, there's no excuse for not using social media in that way to connect with people deeply and meaningfully. And it's definitely possible. It's not just about glitzy Instagram stories and uh, people who are pitching themselves as experts at everything. Um, you can really have meaningful connections with people. You just, maybe you're not using social media in the right way, but there's definitely a massive potential there, I believe. Mm. That's what I liked about Clubhouse was that while yes, there are people who are pitching themselves as experts in a bunch of things, and then you know there's sort of the vanity metrics sometimes of the followership, but I find as a platform in general, it tends to be the least vanity focused uh, and the most giving mm. than the other platforms because people are just out there giving and not necessarily receiving anything um, except authentic connections. And so I, I love that. I also liked what you said about, you know, you mentioned coaching several times. So uh, mm -hmm. a coach for you and your spouse, a fitness coach, these things. And I can't like understate that, overstate that enough that the need for coaching is just there for everyone. There's no one exempt. Like look at Paulina and all the things that you're doing in your business. And you mentioned a business coach. You know, you have a business coach. Like I'm sure people are thinking that, um, but that's so important, you know, like I am a personal trainer and nutritionist and I have a online personal training and fitness company as a lot of the listeners know. And yet I still have a personal trainer because I compete internationally in bikini contests and such, right? So I've reached this pinnacle where I can do a lot of things on my own, but when I want that push, I call in the experts. I have mm -hmm. a coach, I have a podcast coach, I have all these things. And we all should, if we're gonna not be stagnant in, in what we, do 
absolutely. I think there's always another le another level to go, and and it's about surrounding yourself with surrounding yourself with people that will be your champions on your way to the top, that will really champion you and be your cheerleaders. So super important and yeah if we were closer together i would definitely be like your coaching your coaching client for fitness <laughs> i love what you're doing in that space oh thank you that's so nice and so as we are talking about um some things that an entrepreneur so let's jump back to the entrepreneurs for a second if an entrepreneur wants to stand out right now in this current landscape what could they do to get to speak to say an angel investor like yourself, what could they do to differentiate themselves? We hear a lot about this during the our daily clubhouse talks in the fundraising room, but what would your advice be? Mm -hmm. So I don't, when I speak to entrepreneurs, I still don't hear enough about, you know, I still don't hear enough engaging stories. So what actually got them to discover the problem that they're solving? Why is it a problem? How has it personally affected them? Or how has it affected people they know? How did they come up with a solution? So we're all, you know, human beings are wired to love hearing and telling stories. So I definitely would like to hear more engaging and exciting stories when I'm being pitched to or when I'm interacting with entrepreneurs, particularly personal life stories it's I'm always engaged by that so that's mm -hmm. one way to stand out definitely and um, another way is to also give give to others so uh, in in the room that we, we're, we're in together investors are giving a lot of advice to entrepreneurs I would like to see and know that this entrepreneur is for example giving a percentage of their um, annual earnings to charity or supporting some kind of charitable organization or what are they doing to pass it forward the, the help and advice that they're receiving from us and other people in their support network mm, I like that no those are things we don't hear <laughs> very much in the in the question and um, the questions that we get uh, daily that's that's very interesting okay well You've got to tell us now, where do we get this book of yours? When is it coming out? You must know. It's coming out in November, but you're so welcome to head over to paulinatenner.com and just sign up to my newsletter, and which is also my book waiting list. I will be making sure that you're on top of all the book updates. So yeah, uh, yeah would love to keep in touch in that way. And on social media, Clubhouse, Instagram, Twitter. I'm at Paulina Tenner. Perfect. And I'll, I will provide the, the link for the listeners. And are you doing any live events or anything coming up where they could also hear you? Yes. So one thing I'm doing next month is a summit called the Great Fuck-Up Summit. <laughs> and it's all about failures and fuck-ups. So I've reached out to a bunch of uh, really cool entrepreneurs and I asked them to tell their most um, amazing fuck-up stories to celebrate yeah. failure and to empower us all to fail more so that we can succeed more. The more we fail, the more we succeed. So mm. uh, that's what I'm doing next month. Fantastic. And we will also provide a link for that with the podcast for any of those who are interested in attending. Well, Paulina, we have loved your expertise and advice 
And you've got to come back when the book is about to launch. Definitely, with pleasure. Okay, fantastic. We'll see you next time. See you. Bye-bye. Wow, Paulina was dropping some gems, especially what she said about mental health. I hope you can take away something that you can implement this week. I'm sure you can. If you're loving this, then you've got to check out maxingyou.com where we talk about these topics uh, in more depth. And it's a lot of free content. So you want to go there. You also want to make sure that you subscribe to this podcast and video series because we're coming to you every week with heavy hitters. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. This was another episode of Maxing You. Keep up with Coach T off the podcast and follow our Instagram at maxing underscore you. Follow us. Want some more of Maxing You? Yeah, I'm lit. Yeah. Visit our site, maxingyou.com.